Amen? Heat wave. All right, open your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6 this morning as we're going to start a new series on prayer, fasting, and praying. And really, really excited about this new series that we're getting ready to go through. Let me turn my phone off. Can everybody hear that? My grandkids are playing with my phone, so it's like uh, they have games on it. All right. <clears throat> so you ready for the new year? Amen. I am excited. I love new starts. Anybody else like me? You love to start over. You know, because, you know, during the year you just fall a couple times, you get up. But, man, just a fresh start. I'm just excited about the new goals that I've set in my life. And uh, my wife uh, is going to start working for me a little bit more um, then uh, Tuesday, so I'm excited about bossing her around a little bit more, amen, just telling her what to do a little bit more, uh, it's going to happen, right, no, <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited about that, but um, she's, uh, I'm not organized, she is, so there's going to be a lot more organization going on uh, in my office, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, 21 days of fasting, uh, really want to encourage you to get involved with us as um, uh, Jason said, we want to do this. There's two kinds of praying, uh, fasting and praying, and it's corporate and private. And so we're going we're gonna to do both. Can you turn it down just a little bit? Um, so we're going to do the corporate. We're going to pray as a church together, and we're going to pray for two things as a church. Number one, we're going to pray for God to bring to us unchurched unbelievers or allow us connections with them that we might be able to win them to Jesus Christ. Use our church to reach 75 people for Christ. That's our goal for 2018. And then also um, for our hearts to be just drawn closer to God. You can call it revival, you can call it refreshment, whatever you want, but we as individuals, we all could use just uh, uh, just drawing close to God. Can I hear an amen? We, we could all use that. And so we might as well be praying for that uh, as a church, corporate church, that we come together and God would just draw all of us to Him. So those two things. Then, then also, then there's uh, a lot of stuff in here that you can uh, write journal and uh, have your own uh, prayer life. For the, like, for example, it's it's not that difficult. Day one, it's right there. That's all it is. It's got a, a little paragraph about fasting, and then it's got some scripture, and then a thought, and then it goes over here, and then you write down uh, what you've been, what you're praying for. And how God answered. We're going to do that for 21 days. As you can see, we're all going to do this every day together. I mean, if you want. Everybody wants to, amen? I mean, who doesn't want to pray? All right? And so what we want you to do is we want you to sign out. I know fasting is a private thing, as we're going to look in Scripture and find that out. But it's also a corporate thing. So I want to encourage you. So if you put your name on the list back there, I'll be the only one texting you every now and then just encouraging you about these next 21 days because we all have things in our own personal life we need god to show up amen amen we need god to move might be a youngster that's heart's just not as close to the lord and they're just drifting it might be a spouse it might be a, a, a brother-in-law it might be your mother-in-law right it might be who knows okay but there's some things in our life that we need god to show up and just move and so that's what this is all about as we start 2018. 
All right, so open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at this morning the purpose and power of fasting and praying. The purpose and the power of fasting and praying. Let's begin in verse 16. He says this, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. All right? The hypocrites were the religious people. Can you turn this down just a little bit more, or is it loud out there? It sure is loud up here. Can we turn that down just a little bit? Okay. So when you fast, don't be, like, don't be obvious as the hypocrites, for they, for they try to look miserable so people will admire them for their fasting. In other words, Jesus throws out a warning when it comes to fasting. Make sure that you're not like the religious people where you want to be admired, you want to show off your fasting and your spiritualness or your devotion to Christ. Make sure that when you fast, you, you, you don't do it all for show. It's more of this devotion to God. Okay, he goes on, he says, uh, Truly, I tell you truly, that is the only reward they will ever get. So the, 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 the applause of men, if you will, the golf clap. Everybody do this, okay? Just hold up your hands and go like this. I, I, there's a few of you. Everybody, let's, do it, let's all do it together. Ready? Here we go. Okay. So, so that's all they get. I mean, who wants to do something for just that? Does anybody here want to do that? Oh, you know, no. We want to get the eternal reward, right? We want to get the dividends if we're, if we're going to give up cheeseburgers and we're going to give up Krispy Kreme donuts and, and we're going to give up, we, we want something more than, amen? Okay, so he says, don't be like the hypocrites because this is all they get. The people that want to say, I'm spiritual, I'm showing off my spirituality, that's all they get. That just doesn't mean the fasting. That's in every part of life. When you're giving just to show, hey, look, I'm giving more than you. In every area of life, this really plays true. Verse 7. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting. Except, and this is what we want, right? Except your Father, which is in heaven. That's the one who we want to get their attention that's the one that we're trying to get their attention. Okay, so I want to just, I'm going to look at a verse here. I want to go to the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 16.9. Now, this is just out of the blue here. I think, I think it's later on. This is how I look at <clears throat> us trying to get God's attention. God is sovereign. And he knows every step. He knows every thought that we're going through. But notice this verse. It says, Verse 9, the eyes of the Lord, King James says, runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to find somebody that he can show himself strong on behalf of. He's looking for people who mature and who want him to bless and strengthen and encourage and to use. That's what it says, okay? So I want us to be a people that as God's looking and scanning the earth, that all of a sudden he sees this tiny little church in Springfield, Missouri. And he says, well, wait a minute, they're, some, they're doing something different. What are we doing? We're going, God, 
here, here. That's the, that's the thought that comes to my mind. We're trying to get God's attention because we want God to focus on this point, on these lives, and on the lives of our family members and our friends to move and work in their life. Can I hear an amen? We want to jump up and down and scream and holler saying, God, I'm here, I'm here. You know, I want you to bless. The eyes of the Lord are looking. Are you going to be the one he stops at and says, okay, there's a person I'm going to bless. That's the idea of fasting. Now, when you think of fasting, okay, just get a little bit on fasting. Fasting is always connected to prayer. You never just fast to fast. This isn't a diet, okay? We're actually striving to get God's attention, so to speak, on a specific area. It's a volunteer thing, denial of physical, but an intense spiritual activity it's giving up the normal routines so that we might focus more intently on our relationship and our fellowship with the lord and specifically asking for him to move in specific areas we're not trying to bend the mind of god or the will of god to our will of our will and our mind that he doesn't want to do We're just fasting and specifically asking God to move in the hearts and lives of people around us. It's neither is fasting about begging God to forgive our sins. Because the blood of Jesus Christ has already done that. And it's shed on the cross. He shed it on the cross. And so when a person puts his faith and trust in what Jesus did, then God applies that blood to our sin account. And boom! brings us into the family of God. We don't have to fast for it. It's there for our taking. All right? But here in Matthew, Jesus gives us a warning about fasting. It's got to be sincere. And then he goes on, it says it's got to be in secret. Notice that the Father, he will notice that you are fasting. Who knows you, what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you king james says openly all right so you fast in private and god will bless you openly now there again are two kinds of prayer in the old testament they did a lot of corporate praying but a lot of private praying in the new testament they did both they did corporate which is a whole church whole city uh and then individuals fasted and prayed and so that's what we're doing both of them as we begin next week this 21 day of fasting let me give you some examples of people in the bible who actually fasted we look at abraham first of all abraham his wife just died sarah he had a son isaac he he wasn't married yet so he sends his faithful servant eliezer it's not eliezer but it's eliezer and he sends him to his wife's hometown laban's house for a wife so that they stay in the jewish heritage and so eliezer eliezer is going to sarah's hometown and as he gets closer there's this watering hole where all the women that was the thing they did they got water and took it back to the family well they were getting water he pulled up there and he got off his horse and he said lord as he's fasting this whole time he's fasting saying lord The one that I ask to give me drink, 
I pray the one that I ask that, the one that's the one that you have chosen for Isaac, I pray that she would say, I'll, I'll water your animals as well. So he jumps off, and the first one he goes up to, he says, can I have a drink? And she says, yes. And she gives him a drink, and she gives the animals as well a drink. And, of course, Eliezer's excited. So he turns, and he says, what home are you from? And believe it or not, that was Rebecca, the one that God had specifically called and brought for Isaac, and then he brought her home. And she was willing to go with Eliezer to be Jacob's wife now, or Isaac's wife. Now, you could say that was a coincidence. You can call it whatever you want. But the fasting and praying seems to move the hand of God to bring her there at the exact moment and give her the answer and what to say at that exact moment. That was what I believe the hand of God. And then we go on through the scriptures. Uh, Moses fasted several times. Hannah prayed. She couldn't have a child, so she prayed and asked God for a son. She's fasting for several days. As she's fasting... She goes to the altar, and she's crying out to God. And she's been there fasting and praying so long that she's, she's crying with no tears, and she's speaking with no words coming out. Eliah the priest thought that she was drunk because she's, she's just crying out, and no words are coming out. But the great thing about it is because of her praying and fasting, God answered and gave her a son, which changed the nation of Israel. Daniel. Fasted out on several occasions. Elijah, Ezra, Nehemiah fasted when he went back to Israel to build the wall. Esther, as we just seen as we went through the book of Esther. All right, she fasted. Mordecai fasted. All the Jews fasted. And we saw what happened there. Daniel on several occasions. The uh, people of Nineveh. Remember the story of Nineveh? Okay. Here comes, listen very carefully. Here comes Jonah. And he's preaching judgment, right, on the people. As he's preaching judgment on the people, okay? Then all of a sudden, um, the king hears this, and the king literally says, um, he freaks out, and then he cries out to God. And he begins to weep and cry and created a fast, and everybody in the whole city began a fast. And God did not judge the city, but he turned his hand away because of the fasting and the praying. All right, there's several occasions that that happened. Jesus began his public ministry. Paul, uh, at the point of conversion, the Christians at Antioch, the Antioch church, prayed and fasted, and, and they chose Paul and Barnabas and, of course, changed the world for good. Paul chose elders for every church that he started, but he fasted and prayed before he laid hands on the one specific person that God had chosen. What am I saying? I'm just saying fasting is part of praying. You never fast just to fast, but this is something tremendous. And we see it not just in Scripture, but we see it with our forefathers, Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Knox, uh, John Wesley, Jonathan Edwards. I mean, the names, Charles Finney, the names go on and on and on about the fasting. Okay, let me give you some examples. Now, we're going to get into the Scriptures here in just a moment. Let me give you some examples because we really need to set this up, okay? Fasting in the Scripture, as you look at Scripture, it seems to talk about food, okay? Food and drink, they abstain from that. And, and, and you know, because we're, we're specifically trying to get God's attention to, to rain down and answer our prayers. And one of the ways to do it is to really get serious and begin fasting and say no 
to these things. And, and one of the ways is food. And again, that's all through Scripture. It might be just, let me give you a couple examples. Pete Whitaker, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's with the Lord now. Um, but he, he struggled with coffee. He loved coffee, all right? For some reason, he just loved it. I don't drink coffee, but he loved it. How many like, like coffee? Good night. Amen. So I hope this doesn't affect you. But he, he loved coffee, so, so uh, uh, he would get under conviction about coffee. He would fast from coffee for months. But he had such addiction, he was always praying. Because when he, when he went go through withdrawals on coffee, he said he would pray. And he, I mean, he helped us start the first church. And we grew to 300 within a couple of years. Boom! All kinds of people were getting saved. And I believe one of the, one of the reasons was because he prayed, he fasted because he gave up coffee. But not just coffee. He loved Big Macs. I mean, this skinny little pecker, skinny little guy, all right? He loved Big Macs. So he had fast from coffee, and he had fast from Big Macs. So, so I'm just saying, I mean, that was his way. Now, I'm, I've never done that. I, I don't like coffee. I don't like Big Macs. You know, I don't like the onions on the Big Macs, you know, but that's my preference. So it, notice what he did. He gave up something he liked, and it made him focus on praying. Specifically, he prayed for the church. All right, another one, just throwing out, you can, you can just basically, let me just throw this out. It's not Lent. Okay, understand, this is not Lent we're talking about. You don't say, oh, I'm going to give up meat for 30 days. And then you don't pray and you don't think about it. You just, I'm just giving up meat for the Lent. That's not, that's not what fasting is all about. Fasting is coupled with prayer to really, to get you focused, laser focused on God and praying specifically for something. We need help in our lives we need god to show up and do some miraculous miracles if i had you this morning how many need a miracle in life probably all of us in one fashion or another my goal is to draw really close to the lord this next year uh, another one just throwing these out another one my people fasting from people <laughs> you say well praise god <laughs> those of you that aren't people prob- people people pe- pleasers and People, people. See, it, it might be your thing. But, but seriously, this is a tremendous thing to do where you pull away from people and all the what? Distractions. Okay? Give you a couple examples. Well, one of them is, is my own personal. We, were, we started a church in Omaha, and then another church was dying. They called us. They had one family left. They said, can you be our pastor and start this church over again? So we, we were starting both of them at the same time. We were just getting ready to build a brand new building. And so I was drained. And I was a little short-tempered. Anybody get like that? A little short sometimes? And uh, it was only women that raised their hands. That was kind of weird. So, so I was like that. So I, I had to get away. So I went to Indiana for four days. And it was just me and God and the scriptures. And I'm telling you what, every morning I'd get up and I'd just read and I'd pray and I'd just walk around and just me and the Lord constantly. And I would, and I would grab his promises and I'd pray his promises and I would ask for re, you know, revival in my heart. And I was just going through this. And I'll tell you what, when I, I kid you not, there was, this, there was this peace, there was this power, there was this closeness to God that I never, 
listen, I had never experienced, after being in the ministry probably 20 years at that time, I, I, I had never experienced this. I, I was coming back from Nebraska in my car, and I felt that I could get a squirt gun and put out the fires of hell. I can't you know, I was so I was so excited and so on fire for God. It was just amazing. So that short time of fasting away from distractions where just me and God did great stuff in my heart and in my life. Thirdly, um, um, technology. <laughs> just, just you're saying, well, wait, no, wait a minute. Now you're, you're no longer preaching, preacher. You're you're meddling. Okay, T- technology is another great way. All right, um, for us to I got kind of switched around. It says media, but we'll get to that in just a minute. But te- technology is you know TV, you know uh, computers, radios. How many of you, when you go to the gym, you put your earbuds in? How many just drive down the road and you have your you have the radio blasting? You have the, are you you're walking through church here on Sunday morning with your earbuds? Anybody like that? How about social media? All right. How about how about just throw out another one? Social media. It's another great. <laughs> do does do any of us have problems with our phones? Uh, do we are we connected to let me, let me give you how you can know if you're connected too much you, you go in this restaurant or you go in there somewhere where you have to wait you're you're by yourself you go to this room full of people and what is the first thing you do <laughs> is it crazy we pull out our phones i mean we have all these people sitting next to us we could talk to and we could just ramble on and we pull out our phones and everybody has theirs out and they're just hey amen why do, why do we do that for we're connecting to all these other people outside, but we're not connected to these around us. It's weird, but that's the world we live in. So, you know, it, it might, it might, you might want to just unplug. Uh, amen? I mean, we, we want to get God's attention. You know, this might be an area that we're really, how many, how many are driving down the road? I mean, just, just be honest this morning. It's just family, right? We're just family. A couple of visitors, but mainly we're family. So we can be honest. Nobody's going to stone you. You're driving down the road, and you get a text. How many pick up your phone, and it's just, over, it's just overwhelming? You have to know at that moment, right? Who's taking? Raise your hand. I'm, I'm, ra- I'm raising mine because I'm driving the road, and all of a sudden I get a text. Well, I have to read it, right? Amen. I have 12 grandkids. It could be an emergency, but it never is. And as soon as I put it up, if my wife's in the car, you know what she does? She grabs it. She does. How many women are like that here? A one, two, yeah, praise God. Amen. She doesn't like me reading and, never mind, let's go on. All right, so let's get into the word now. All right, so those are just some things that's going to help you as you get into this little booklet here, the 21 days of fasting. So let's get into the Word of God this morning. We're really, I know it sounds like meddling, but that, that, that we're all on the same page with this, this technology and, and media. I mean, I, mean, I mean, why are we looking at Facebook? I really don't even care about these people. Well, you, I do. <laughs> I mean, you know, I really care about your life and, uh, you know, all the good stuff, but, you know... Most of these people from back in Nebraska, I care, but I really don't care. I don't have time to care about your little doggy. 
right? I got, did you, everybody see my little, little doggy? I didn't, I, I didn't put it on there. I don't have Facebook. Can I hear an amen? But I always look at my wives. I'm always looking at my wives. I kid you not. It's crazy. All right, I said I'm going to get into the word. Let's get into the word, all right? Okay, so here we go. Okay, so why? Why fast and pray? And we're going to talk about three thoughts. Why fast and pray? Okay, number one. And, and understand, I'm only giving you three. There's a whole bunch of reasons. But I'm just giving you three. For guidance and direction. Okay? For guidance and direction. Our God sees the end from the beginning. Everybody follow me? He literally sees the end from the beginning. He sees tomorrow. He sees the next day. He knows what we're going to go through. We need guidance from Him because we make decisions that are contrary to His will and His plan. But He's got a plan for us. Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know it. It's a verse. All right? Look at this. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. So the Lord knows the plans that He has for us. What plans are they? They are plans for what? Good. Not disaster. For you have a great future and a great hope. This is just one verse. There's so many more in there. So God has this future, this tomorrow plan, but our decisions can mess all that up. I mean, we'll finally get there, but we're going to go the long way around. So we need God to speak to us. We need the mind of Christ now to make great decisions that are in line with his plan. Everybody follow me? We need wisdom, which is seeing things from God's perspective. Did you catch that? We need wisdom, which is seeing things the way God sees them. We need the mind of Christ to be able to make decisions. And of course, this is the mind of Christ. We need to surrender our mind to his. And and it's so hard for us to completely surrender and to yield. Because we, we have these pre- conceived ideas how many how many like that i mean you know what you want tomorrow you got it all planned out okay but it could be contrary to god's and most time it is so we need him to speak to us and guide us romans chapter one or excuse me 12 verses one and two talk about that i don't know if we have time for that um dear brother and sister i plead with you give your bodies to god which is your reasonable service uh, and and uh, I'm quoting King James. It says, "And let them be a living, uh, uh, living and holy." That's talking about your bodies. All right. Let's go to the next verse. Sacrifice kind, um, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly a way to worship him. Now, verse two is what I want to zero in on. Okay, let's talk about that. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transfer you you into the person by changing the way you think now follow this then you will learn to know god's will when he when you when he begins to change your thinking you're going to know his will which is good perfect and acceptable and so getting into god's word and asking god for his perspective will allow us to know what the future holds let me give you an example in daniel chapter 9 Daniel's reading the book of Jeremiah, doesn't understand it. Now listen, this is applicable to you and me right now. Because how many times have we read the Bible, we just don't have a clue. 
what we're reading. So Daniel's reading, reading Jeremiah, and he doesn't have a clue, and all of a sudden, he stops, and he begins fasting, and he begins praying. Listen very carefully. It's that point in his life that God begins to reveal the future to Daniel. Now, if we want to understand Revelation, where do we go to? We go to the book of Daniel. Because God revealed his future plans of the world to Daniel right then and there. Why? Because he committed himself to fasting and he committed himself to praying. God, give me understanding of what Jeremiah is talking about. Give me understanding of your plan. And then God dumped it. And now we look to Daniel for the understanding of the future. You can't understand Revelation without Daniel. You can't understand Matthew without Daniel. I mean, it's all right there. Why? Because this one man committed himself to fasting and praying. We need the guidance of God. Remember, it's like God's in heaven. He's looking to and fro. He's looking for that one person. Looking for that one church. Well, listen, don't you want to be that one person that he stops and says, okay, there's Tim. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to answer his prayer. I'm going to lead. I'm going to guide. I'm going to direct in his life. Number one. Number two, seeking deliverance. Why we fast? For guidance, direction. Secondly, for deliverance. Uh, go to Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. If you don't have your uh, phones on and you're not uh, looking at that, you can look right on the scripture because this is fantastic example of fasting and praying and deliverance. Okay? So Jehoshaphat, what a name, right? How would you, how would you like to name your kid Jehoshaphat? <laughs> you just hope he's not fat, right? Verse 1. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Munites, okay, declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers then came and told Jehoshaphat, a very vast army uh, from Eden is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea, and they are already here. This is the news that Jehoshaphat got. Verse 3. Jehoshaphat was terrified, rightly so, by the news. And then he began to beg the Lord for guidance. He also ordered, now listen to this, everyone in Judea to begin a fast. So the, so the people from all the town of Judah, now notice this, they didn't just stay in their homes. They, they came to Jerusalem to do what? To seek the Lord's help. I mean, their life was on the line. And they stopped their world because they knew this vast three, three uh, countries were coming at them to destroy them. And so they stopped their world and they came to Jerusalem and they all stopped and prayed and said, God, we need your help. Now notice what happens here. Oh, we'll go, go down to verse 15. Excuse me, 15. Okay, so Jehoshaphat declared a, a fast. And then somebody, when they, they're all standing around in Jerusalem, because I, I don't want to read all of it, but all of them were standing around and seeking God's help. And one of them stood up and he spoke up and he said, Listen, all ye people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord said. So, so they got together, all of them got together, and they decided to corporate pray and ask for God's help. And what happened? That verse tells you right there. God showed up. He literally showed up, and he began speaking to them. 
This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the army, this army, or this mighty army, now notice this, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. See, some of the battles we're going through, we need God's help. And some of these battles you're going through, you, you can't handle them on your own. I mean, face it. We're not equipped for these battles that some of us face. We're not equipped to handle them. We need to bring God in the equation. We need to bring God into the picture. And one of the ways definitely is praying, but another way is to ensure that is fasting and praying. Again, don't go out here and fast for a whole week from food. Mm-mm. Okay? You've got to work your way up. Do the Big Mac first. All right? And then, and then launch into a day without food. I mean, this is, this is a spiritual activity that, listen, gets God's attention. Now, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's God's program. He set this up, not me. It's right here. As a matter of fact, well, we'll, t- we'll get to that story in just a minute. So here God shows up. And he says, this is not your battle, it's mine. And so then beginning in verse 20, 21, and 22, God shows up and what's he do? He gets in the the enemy's camp and he turns the the soldiers one against each other and they devour each other. Only God can do that. God showed up, now listen, and he delivered Jehoshaphat. And I love how he did it. Once Once Jehoshaphat got the news that God was going to deliver him, look what happened. At that very, well, let's let's back up to verse 21. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. This This is before the Lord moved. Okay? Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. But doesn't that sound like a, a, a praise song today? That sounds like a praise song today. Man, you can just sing this over and over and over. And then it says, at that very moment, they began to sing and give thanks. The Lord calls. Did you, did you catch that by any chance? They're fasting, they're praying, and then they begin to sing praises. How many have ever done that? You're going through a real difficult time. Instead of complaining and murmuring, you begin to sing praise songs. You ever been there? You know what that does? That yanks out that spirit of anger and frustration. I remember the first church we started, God really blessed, and the second church is another story. We, we decided to set, set up and, and, and start this church, right? Hastings, we left this exciting, growing, uh, fantastic church to go three hours away to start another church. So we got, we got this minivan, right? We got this little car. So I decided to get a thing on top of the car and pull a trailer with the car. Two blocks out of town, the engine blows. Can you imagine how I felt? Lord, I'm, I'm doing all this for you. Come on. What are you doing? So I'm upset. Right? So my wife's right behind me, right? 
So I'm smoking, brrr, you know, I pull up, she pulls up behind me. And inside the minivan is our Christmas tree right in the middle because there's no room to sit, right? So I open the door and I fling the Christmas tree out. Can you imagine me doing that? I'm the sweet, nice guy. I, I just fling it out on the ground. I get in the van and shut the door. Let's go. I mean, just, just upset. So she, this honorary woman, she has the kids. I don't know if Tim remembers this. She has the kids. We get out these blue praise books. And they start singing praises to God. Um, stop it! <laughs> I, did, I didn't say that. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm upset, right? And I kid you not, by the time we get out, you know, outside of past Tahazuka Park and out that way, I mean, God just reached down in me, and before you know it, I'm praising God as well. Of His splendorness and His goodness. No matter what the circumstances are, we can't let the circumstances get to us. The point is, back to this story, God wants to deliver us. All right, we're running out of time, but let me give you one more illustration of deliverance. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 9. Well, if you just let me, don't have a short time to read the story, uh, let me just tell you. Jesus is uh, healing people, and there's this one guy that had this son who was possessed with a demon, and the demon would grab the boy, throw him in the fire, to try to destroy him. And then somebody would be there to pull him out of the fire. Then the demon would throw him in the water to try and drown him, and then somebody was there to save the boy from drowning. So this guy hears about Jesus and him delivering all these people from demon spirits, and so he comes to see Jesus, but Jesus isn't around, so he talks to his disciples. His disciples, now this is seriously, the disciples can't cast the demon out. They've done this many other times but they can't cast this one out. So Jesus comes up upon the disciples and the crowd and this man and his son, and they're all arguing. And Jesus says, well, what's going on here? And the guy comes up to Jesus. He says, I brought this, my son, to your disciples, uh, but they couldn't do anything for him. Jesus turns to the disciples and rebukes them for their small faith. And then he casts out the demon. But the great thing is this one line. Mark chapter Nine, if you want to write it down, verse 29. Okay, listen to this. Now, this translation doesn't spell it completely out, but it goes like this. Jesus says to the disciples, this kind only cometh forth by prayer and fasting. See that? This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Let that sink down in your heart. There are some things that our families need that's not just going to happen. But we need God to intervene. And sometimes it's only going to happen by prayer and what? Fasting. Then the third thing. Seeking help to meet urgent needs. Seeking help to meet urgent needs. Our, our time is up, but this, this, is, this is so important. All of us, at different times in our lives, we all have needs. But at different times in our lives, we have urgent needs don't we? We have urgent needs. My oldest son was dying in the hospital. He had spinal meningitis. We thought it was over. God miraculously intervened. Several occasions we've had things like that, and God has miraculously intervened. I have been in the ministry for 35 years. I have never seen fasting not work. 
as long as it's coupled with prayer because it enheightens, it, it, it literally causes us to be just focused on God and his mind and we're reading his word and we're in tune with God and so God shows us his will. So all of a sudden we're fasting and praying, we're praying God's will. Listen to what it says in First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5, listen to this. Verse 14. And we are confident that he hears us whatever we ask for. If it pleases him. And since we know that he hears us whatever we ask, we know that we have the desires we ask for from him. Okay? When we come to God, praying in His will, we know that He hears us, and we know that we already have the petitions. So when we're fasting, we're in tune with God. We're, we're, we're saying no to the fleshly desires, and we're saying yes, and as the Holy Spirit is working and moving us, He's changing our mind to focus on His will. And as we're focusing, we're literally praying, God, I'm no longer interested in my kingdom. I mean, that's what happens when you begin to fast. You're, you're, you're putting your kingdom aside and you're saying, okay, Lord, it's, it's really about your kingdom. It's yours. I mean, we, we're trying to build our kingdoms here, but God wants eternal kingdoms. If I'd have went on my way, I, I might have been a millionaire uh, working for Bob Deacons and then that metal spinning company, and it might have been mine. But who cares about a lot of money? I'd have been divorced five or six times and I had a lot of money but I'd be in hell, probably lost at the end of my life. God's will was to reach down and grab me and pull me up out of that horrible pit, set my feet upon a rock and establish my going. That's God. That's His kingdom. Our kingdoms are. So what happens is we get away from all that as we begin to fast and we focus on His kingdom and His will and His desire and He hears us according to this promise. He hears us. And because he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire. So we can go home praising God that God's going to deliver our children from addiction. We can praise God that he's going to do this. We can praise God that he can do this. We can be like Jehoshaphat and grab his promises and sing and praise God with this overwhelming peace in our heart that nobody understands because you're going through all this chaos. God gives us this peace. And it's all because we are in tune with what he wants. So as we begin this new year, let's start out right. Let's start out gung-ho. This isn't about our kingdom. It's about his. It's about our families straightening and walking with God. It's about our church being used by God to reach other people and drawing close to him and to each other. This is a great opportunity for us to start fresh and new. Isn't it exciting? It's exciting. And I can't wait to see as we pray together what God's going to do. One more story. I could just go on forever. One more story. Jesus is with his disciples, right? And his disciples are upset that he won't eat meat and won't eat bread. They, they bring food back to him. He says, listen, I got a whole... I have meat to eat you, you know not of. He's talking about spiritual food. He's talking about fellowship with the Father. And Jesus says this, listen guys, 
Lift up your eyes. Look on the fields, for they are white, ready to harvest. Now, I want you to grab hold of that white, ready to harvest. Grab hold of that thought. Jesus said, right now, there's people that, that are ready to be saved. But the disciples weren't seeing it. And what we need to pray is, God, help me to see beyond my natural eyes, to see the needs and the hurts in people's lives that I can help them. I can give them the truth. I can give them Jesus. I can give them the gospel. I can just share with them, hey, this is what happened to me. This is my story. My point is, there's a lot of people out there right now that are ready to be saved. They're white, ready to harvest. But where are the laborers? We're looking at all this earthly stuff. We're looking at our kingdoms. God says, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. We don't have to get people ready. They're already ready. Now. So we got to be praying, God, give us eyes. Give us a vision to see the hurting and the needy. Because Jesus is the answer. Amen? We have it. I mean, he transforms lives. He transformed mine. I know it. I know that he lives and I know he has the power because he did it in me. And you have the same testimony. He's transformed our lives. Fantastic stuff. Let's pray. Father, we just are so thankful. So thankful for what you've done for us. And God, we're excited about this new year. We're ready to start right now. We're ready to start But, Father, we need your help. We're going to come together as a church corporately. We're going to come together and just beg you to work in real life. But, Father, we also need your help in our individual lives. And, Father, we're just going to have a short invitation here for people to come out and pray and ask for your help, ask for you to move in their life. And, Father, we pray during this invitation that you'd help us to be real and honest And that we would spend this next few moments crying out for you for help in our lives, in our families, in our friends, in our church. God bless. Let's all stand this morning, our heads bowed, our eyes closed, no one looking around. As Corey plays softly on the keyboard if god has spoken to your heart this morning there's something that you want to pray about or you just want to ask god to help you in these 21 days to be faithful and be committed whatever god spoke to your you about this morning heads about eyes are closed no one's looking around we're just gonna give you a few moments to step down here to front and do business with god right now it's silent it's quiet if god spoke to you just step out right down here come down here and do business with god cry out to god help you to be serious about what God's calling you to do. Or or what God's, uh, you need God's help in your family. You need God's help in your personal life, whatever it might be. Why don't you come right now? Why don't you come? Don't hesitate. Just come. As folks are coming, don't be left out. You need God. This is an opportunity to cry out to Him. His eyes are looking to and fro. Step out this morning. Step out.